never mistreat a gatekeeper uh, because that could always haunt you uh, as you're trying to get to executives. Because executives will often go to that gatekeeper and say, how did that salesperson treat you? How did they treat you on the phone? How did they treat you in person? What do you think of that person who's trying to get to me? What do you think of that salesperson? This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Steve Bistritz with us, and we're going to talk about selling at the executive level. Steve, welcome to the show. Great. Great to be with you. Another Steve. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Steve you got square. <laughs> so Steve, uh, Steve Bistritz is the creator of <laughs> Sell XL, the leading research-based sales training solution for salespeople selling to C-suite executives. He has over 40 years of high-tech sales and sales training experience and recently co-authored the second edition of the best-selling sales book, Selling to the C-suite, which is what we're talking about today. So let's get started here. Uh, first, Steve, why are why are salespeople reluctant to call on senior client managers? Well, when I ask that question of salespeople, I'll often say, "Well, let's have these salespeople tell us about uh, what kinds of challenges they're having." And I say, "Well, I know none of the people in this room have any of those kind of challenges. So tell me about a friend of yours." And what they tell me about their friend. <laughs> is following, you know, that they, they don't know who is the right executive to call. Who should they call on in the client organization? How should they access that executive? How do they get around a gatekeeper? And what I find is that really, there, there are really, really three main challenges that salespeople face. Number one, how do you identify that person? Second thing is they're, they're afraid of failure and they should be because if you blow a call at the executive level, your chance of getting back to that executive is probably pretty slim. So the best thing to do for that is to be totally prepared. And we'll talk about that, I think, during this session today. And this, the third thing is they've typically been blocked from getting to that executive, perhaps by a lower level executive. Maybe they're afraid of jeopardizing lower level relationships. So those are, those are some of the challenges that salespeople have. Yeah, for sure. That first one, if I can say, say one more thing. Yeah. I think the most important thing for a salesperson to do is identify what I call the relevant example for the sales opportunity. In other words, if there's a sales opportunity you're pursuing in the client organization, you're trying to get to an executive, how do you identify the right executive, the relevant executive? And I'll give you a quick definition and we'll talk about it some more, I think, during the session today. I define the relevant executive as the executive who stands to gain the most or lose the most as a result of the application of the application or project that's associated with your sales opportunity. In other words, the outcome of that project or application is going to determine who that relevant executive is, whose neck is on the line for that project or application. Yeah, I've, I've uh, coached my, my salespeople in the past to 
to, to try to figure out what what is the KPI, the key performance indicator that we're trying right. to affect by implementing um, this okay. project, and who's the executive that owns that KPI? Yeah. So, what's the main difference do you think between selling at the executive level versus all the other levels? Well, I, I think the main difference is you've got to be totally prepared. Executives don't expect to educate you. They hope that you have some knowledge about their industry, about their company, who their key competitors are, who their key customers are. And you've got to know a little bit about the executive himself or herself. Now, what's their background? Um, where did they start? Did they start in this company or did they work in some other company, some other jobs that perhaps you can get some information about them from some of your uh, peers and some of your contacts so that you have a little bit of knowledge and information about that executive that you're going to call on. So you've got to be prepared at those three levels, the industry, the company, and the executive himself or herself. If you're calling at a lower level, I think it could be a little, you could be a little less prepared, but executives expect you to be at the top of your game when you're calling on them. And, and they're, they're waiting for you to give them some information and um, knowledge that perhaps they don't even have about their industry, about some regulation that's going on or some things that's taken place that you can you know, help them give them some insight, give them some edge on their competitors, for example. And um, if a salesperson's used to selling at non-C-suite levels, what, what would you say they should change about their sales process to become more accustomed to, to selling at that executive level? Well, Number one, you've got to have somebody help you get to that executive. You've got to have an inside source, if you will, somebody inside that client organization. That could be a lower level manager or executive that reports to the executive you're trying to get to, uh, or it could be the gatekeeper. And one of the things I say to salespeople is treat that gatekeeper as if he or she is the executive himself or herself. And that gatekeeper will often have some insight that they can give you into what's going on with that executive, what's important to that executive, and they can help you. So you never want to get crosswise, if you will, with a gatekeeper. You want to, you want to treat them with respect, uh, with deference, if you will. Um, don't mistreat, never mistreat a gatekeeper. Uh, because that could always haunt you uh, as you're trying to get to executives. Because executives will often go to that gatekeeper and say, how did that salesperson treat you? How did they treat you on the phone? How did they treat you in person? What do you think of that person who's trying to get to me? What do you think of that salesperson? Uh, so they're often asking that gatekeeper for that kind of information. So you always want to treat that gatekeeper as a resource. Uh, and I can't tell you in my career how many times gatekeepers have helped me get to executives. And, and what do you mean by treat them as if they were the executive? How do you, how do you treat them? Well, be, 
treat them as if you were talking to the executive so that you're talking about their objectives, uh, trying to get insight into, for example, what the executive's most important objective is. What's important to that executive today? What problem are they trying to solve? What business initiative that maybe your solution can provide a answer to? Uh, so you want to get some insight from that gatekeeper. Uh, and again, they can, they can be very, very helpful to you and be a resource for you. So you want to be talking to them as if you're talking to the executive with the same level of information and knowledge that you're going to prepare for the executive. You want to have that information in front of you as you're talking to the gatekeeper. And um... And I guess a second ago, we talked about how you want to figure out who owns the KPI, who stands to gain from your solution. Uh, how do you figure that out? How, how does a salesperson identify the right executive uh, within a company? I mean, sometimes there's 50 executives at a company. Right. Well, one of the things you have to do is have to get some insight from maybe other executives that are inside the organization, other managers, lower level people in the organization. Um, typically, you're going to have a relationship with somebody else in that client organization before you get to the executive level. And you're always going to be observing uh, or listening uh, and trying to get the right information from a variety of different sources. Uh, so that you kind of triangulate all the information you have and you look at maybe how re, uh, decisions were made in the past, who made those decisions, which executives were making those key decisions in the client organization. So typically when you're calling on a senior executive, you've had some level of contact in that organization uh, and you're going to use that information that you've acquired uh, to seek out that right executive uh, to call on. You know, who initiated the project or application is another way to look at uh, trying to identify that relevant executive. Who's responsible for the application or project? Uh, who's on the evaluation team? Uh, all these are kinds of things that you have to be looking at as you make the decision. And that's not typically going to happen in the first call. Uh, it's going to take a. It's going to take some time for you to get to that right executive in the client organization. And what about the roadblocks that prevent us from getting in front of executives? How can salespeople get around those roadblocks that are in place to protect or screen the executives? A great question, because executives will typically try to put roadblocks in place often to test salespeople, okay? Uh, and uh, oftentimes, uh, I mean, you have, to, you have to talk to the executive assistant or the secretary uh, or the technical assistant, whatever the case may be. Um, so one of the ways you might do that is um, use your lower level contacts to help you uh, get to that executive and convince the executive that he or she needs to meet with you because you've got an important message for them. You know, we did research with CXO level executives where we asked them about their relationships with professional 
salespeople. And uh, when we were doing some of those interviews, uh, I, I went with one of the MBA students who was helping us with the research project. And we did a sample in interview on a CIO of a Fortune 500 company, company whose name you would recognize. I'm not going to mention it here. But we sat in the conference room and asked the executive a series of questions that we had prepared. And then after we had asked the executive all the questions, or after the MBA student had actually asked all the questions, I turned to the executive, who's the CIO, and I asked him, I said, Jim, why would a person at your level ever want to meet with a professional salesperson? And his answer validated me as a professional salesperson. And it shows you why they're not necessarily interested in your rank. They're interested in your value, the value that you can bring to them. Because what he said to me was, Steve, I meet with professional salespeople because often they can offer me solutions to some of my problems that even people within my own organization can't solve. They've seen these problems and issues in other organizations. And I want the benefit of their experience and their knowledge. So your background, your experience that you bring to the client organization is another part of your value proposition. And that will help you differentiate you from your competitors. So never minimize your value to the executive. They're interested in the experience you have, in the background you have, in the knowledge you have. And in all that you bring to bear on solving and helping them solve some of the problems that they're facing. And, and these are busy people, right? What's, Absolutely. What's the best way to get a face-to-face -face meeting with, with a, a C-level executive? Well, I mean, that can happen in a number of different ways. But as I said before, what executives told us when we did that research was 84% of the time, they would meet with a salesperson if somebody within their organization suggested that they see them. In other words, that, that you know, was sanctioned by some lower level executive or by the gatekeeper. So those are the sources that you need to use. Now, when you're trying to get a meeting with an executive, even when you're calling that uh, executive assistant, for example, or trying to get to the executive himself or herself, you've got to cover a number of key things in a very brief phone call. Number one, you've got to introduce yourself, tell that executive who you are and why you want to talk to them. You've got to get some credibility with that executive. Here's how I've helped other companies solve similar types of problems. So you've got to give that executive some indication of the value you could potentially deliver to them. Then you got to ask them, what do you want them to do? You know, attend a Zoom meeting uh, like we're having right now, uh, attend a conference call at some later point in time, uh, meet with another executive in their organization, whatever the case may be. Uh, but you have to have something identified for that executive to participate in. And what can a a sales rep do if they're interacting with an executive on some level and they get sent down to a lower level manager or, or a lower level executive? That's a great question. And that's happened to me a number of times. 
And there's a couple of key things that, that you really should do. First of all, never, uh, never turn down a request to go down to a lower level executive, okay? Um, never push back too hard on that. Um, if you're gonna meet with a lower level executive, you should do a couple of things. Number one, ask that executive to introduce you to the lower level person they want you to meet with. What does that do? Well, uh, shows that lower level person the importance of the meeting, right? And then the second, ask the executive who's sending you down if after you can meet with that lower level person, you can come back to them and share the results with them. And I can tell you, I can give you an example. In fact, I have it in my book where I sold the mainframe computer uh, to a, an executive based on just that kind of occurrence. He sent me down to a lower level executive who was the manager on the plant floor in a manufacturing company to really kind of study the project or application that he was interested in solving. And I said to that executive, well, please introduce me to Mark, who was the lower level executive. He did that. And after I had several meetings with Mark, I came back and showed the results of our findings to the CEO who sent me down. And the result was the sale of a mainframe computer system, significant sale in, in those days and uh, when I was selling for IBM <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, that's, that's funny, I used to sell for IBM as well. The, the Series Z, the mainframe, huh? <laughs> good times. Such good, good input output on those machines, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, Even prior to that, Steve. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Years ago. <laughs> the original mainframe. Yeah. Um, well, when, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've, I've experienced that a ton of times too, and you always want to take that meeting because that's how a lot of things actually get done. The higher level executive says, Hey, yeah, I see this is a priority. I sure. want to move the, I want to move the needle here. And this is the, this is the director that's going to run this project. So that sometimes it can be a great thing that you've been sent down to the lower Absolutely. level to where the, the rubber is actually going to meet the road. Yeah. Now it can, be, it can be that that senior executive doesn't want to meet with you anymore because you haven't shown him or her their value, your value. So, you know, you want to, and that's why I'm saying don't push back too hard, but ask the executive if he's willing to introduce you to that lower level executive. And again, if you can have a return meeting, if those couple of things happen, well, then you're in pretty good shape with that senior executive. Yeah. And, and what about sales cycle length? How do you shorten the sales cycles um, when it comes to dealing with executive level prospects? What, what really moves the needle for them? Well, by doing the kinds of things I said to you first, number one, being prepared for that initial meeting. Uh, having some what I call provocative types of questions that you have prepared based on some of your research. You're going to do that research at those with the, what I call those three levels of learning, right? Okay. And uh, if you're prepared and have some real key questions for that executive and show that executive you've done some homework on their organization, 
and they're going to find ways to help you, okay? And what you're trying to do is become the trusted advisor of that executive, okay? Um, and you develop a trusted advisor level relationship by showing that executive, executive you're never going to waste their time. You're going to come in there. You're going to be prepared. You're going to ask them some good questions. You're going to give them perhaps some good information. I'll never forget when I was selling back in the IBM days, okay, I had a senior salesperson sitting next to me or close to me. And I noticed that he could always get a meeting with a senior client executive. One day I said to him, I said, Brad, how do you do that? He said, by studying their organization, by understanding their organization, those executives would call him and ask him questions that had nothing to do with IBM solutions. They were talking about their business. They knew that Brad knew their business, okay? He knew their business, again, better than some of the people that were working in that company. So they would ask him questions that had nothing to do with IBM solutions, but they knew that he understood their business. And one day I said to him, I said, Brad, I see that you never take our sales manager, Jack, out to meet with your client executives. Why not? He said, because Jack never adds value. All he wants is a glad hand meeting with the executive. Executives don't want glad hand meetings. They want, ex they want meetings that provide them with information and knowledge that's going to help them. Okay. They want you to deliver value to them. So salespeople have to become what Neil Rackham called value creators. They've got to find ways to create value within that organization. And when you can show that executive that you can create and deliver value to them, they'll meet with you any day of the week. And that will help shorten your sales cycle and get you the business that you're trying to get to, your solution that you're trying to sell them. Absolutely. And when you're trying to sell them and you're putting together a proposal, what would you say are the key elements that come to mind for you for creating a compelling and um, value-driven proposal that will really bring that senior executive to, to take action with you? Right. Well, what I tell salespeople is that when you're trying to develop a value proposition, remember that that value proposition has a number of key components. Number one is your personal value, your background, your experience that you bring to the client organization and helping them implement that solution that you're trying to sell them. Okay, that's number one. The second thing is, what's the value of your company's resources beyond your solution, right? Oftentimes you have, your company has a number of different resources that you can bring to your uh, key client that's beyond your solution. So those are key elements of that value proposition. Key, it's a key component of that value proposition. And the third is the value of your solution. What value is your solution going to create and deliver to that client, that client executive, okay? 
So those three elements of value, your personal value, the value of your company's resources, and the value of your company's solution, those three together really form what I call your value differentiation. There's no other competitor that can offer that, those three components of value. So if you're just competing on solution, uh, you know, you're, you're going to become just like every other competitor out there, okay? You become commoditized, if you will, right? Um, how do you avoid that? How, do you, how, can a, how can a salesperson avoid being commoditized but instead be perceived as a, a trusted advisor by a senior executive? Again, it's by consistently delivering value uh, to that executive. Um, I think of the, there was a hotel chain and I can't remember the hotel chain. Uh, and this company had a, uh, something called the heavenly bed. Okay. And they sold it to this hotel chain. Okay. Now it was a superior mattress. Okay. Now, if you can think of anything that becomes commoditized, it's a mattress. Okay. There's zillions of different mattresses out there, but this one company sold the concept of good night's sleep, okay, to somebody in that client organization. And they weren't selling that to the purchasing agent. They weren't selling it uh, to somebody uh, in the purchasing uh, or procurement area. They sold it to an executive so that the company, the hotel chain, could tout that concept of a heavenly bed, getting a great night's sleep. And that what you go to a, typically go to a hotel for. So when that concept hit the company, the hotel, I mean, they implemented it throughout the uh, whole chain, right? And they replaced all the other mattresses they had with this heavenly bed. In fact, they used to sell the heavenly bed. You can buy one of those, okay? After you had a great night's sleep in it, okay? Uh, so it was, the, you know, it was that salesperson who got to some executive in that organization and sold it at that level. And it was because they were creating and delivering value to that hotel chain, right? So when you can consistently create value for your client, that's when they will come back to you uh, for continued solutions. And even I had a salesperson tell me, this was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I did a webinar and I said, you know, give me examples of what customer executives have done for you to demonstrate that they perceive you're a trusted advisor. And the typical answer you'd get was, well, they had me come to uh, some meeting uh, that was an internal meeting that would give me confidential information that would give me an advantage over my competitor. Uh, they uh, brought me into uh, other uh, long-term strategy planning sessions and things of that nature. Uh, but this one salesperson said, I had an executive tell me that he said no to a lower priced solution because he knew that I would always be there delivering value and making sure that the implementation process went smoothly. And that's what executives will pay for, okay? And that's what they will buy, right? 
because what they want is peace of mind in installing the solution. They want to know that it's gonna go well for them and for their company. They wanna go back to their board of directors and show them the value that this investment returned. So that's why when you can consistently do that for your client, uh, they're gonna continually turn to you and you're gonna become that trusted advisor. Yeah, that's that's always been I'm sorry. That that's always been a key way of showing value that's jumped out at me is reducing risk. You know, reducing risk. Right, exactly. You know, the, the, people are willing to pay more if you're able to reduce their risk. Right. And when especially when executives make purchases, they, they want it to be smooth, they want it to be implemented well, they they don't right. want hiccups, they don't want egg on their face, and uh and they're willing to pay um uh, if, if, if certainly if you have a higher price product than some of the more commodity product products in your industry, a key way to sell is uh, is is through that that uh, communicating how you're going to reduce risk because people people when when executives sponsor a big new initiative they're taking real career risk and exactly. they're they're putting themselves in the line uh, to some degree even at a high level like even the CEO right. can be fired by the board right so if exactly. You, Exactly. They, they, uh, they don't like this stuff to go wrong. So sell, right. a key thing to sell them is how, is how smooth it's going to go. Well, I mean, that was back in the day, if you will, that was IBM's key to, uh, you know, so many different competitive situations. You never get fired for buying IBM. One right. throat to choke. <laughs> the, the executive got a good night's sleep, you know, making the decision to go with, with IBM. And you're right, they will take calculated risks when they see that you're gonna consistently deliver value to them. So they're looking for the least risk, if you will. Yeah. But back to, you know, uh, you know, that if you can show them that you're gonna consistently create value for them, uh, they're gonna consistently turn to you. And I, I had so many different trusted advisor level relationships in my career at different levels. I mean, when I was working for IBM, when I was working for a small sales training company, I, I give you an example. When I was working for a small sales training company, we sold a $2 million uh, implementation uh, to a um, professional services firm. And we were competing against many other different sales training companies. And after we had won the business, I went back to the executive and I said, now, Norm, I said, tell me why and how we won that deal, you know? And he said to me, Steve, he said, your competitors said to me, yeah, we would make changes to our sales training course uh, based on some of your suggestions. Uh, and we'd basically do anything you want. That's not what you said. You said, we will look at the changes you're asking us to make. And as long as those changes didn't compromise the integrity of the sales training program that you were offering, you would make them for us, okay? And that was the answer that we were looking for, okay? So again, going back to that level of risk that they were looking to take. And we sold an implementation that went across the company throughout the world. 
and uh, you know, again, we beat about seven or eight different competitors in doing that, uh, doing that proposal and implementing that solution. Well, yeah, you you have decades of experience, you know, selling to executives, being an executive. Um, what what are some key um, sales methodologies or uh, strategies that you've incorporated from all that experience over the years? Well, I think always operating at the highest level of integrity. Never compromise your integrity when you're dealing with, uh, particularly when you're dealing with client executives, but when you're dealing with customers in general, you wanna make sure that you're known for the highest level of integrity. And when you combine integrity and capability, that's when you get credibility with executives and start to become that trusted advisor. And when you become that trusted advisor, the relationship with the executive becomes collaborative. They look for ways to help you, okay? Uh, I'll never forget, we were talking to a, a this is in um, the company I'm in now, my current company. Um, we were doing sales training um, workshops for a client and it was getting toward the end of the year. And uh, we were supposed to do a workshop in December and the client executive came to me and said, you know, um, we're getting some funding constraints, end of year constraints, uh, and we're getting some pushback on whether we should spend travel expenses to take salespeople out of the territory and everything. So we're not sure we're going to do that workshop in December. And I said to the executive, I said, well, you know, I said, um, I had another company executive planning to come and, and uh and observe that workshop because they're considering my sales training workshop for next year. And she said, oh, okay, okay. We'll, uh, we'll make sure we get that one done then. Okay, we'll make sure that one gets in uh, for that year. Uh, so she was willing to go the extra mile for me uh, because she was trying to help me, right? So the relationship clearly became uh, collaborative at that point. Um, and when executives look for ways to help you, that's when you know you're their trusted advisor, okay? And like I said, when that salesperson said to me, yeah, my, um, my executive told me that he said no to a lower level price, uh, that's another example of that executive trying to make sure that relationship is collaborative. You know, you've helped him or her implement a particular solution, they're now gonna help you uh, with the next opportunity that comes uh, on, on board within that company. Uh, so when that relationship becomes collaborative, you know uh, you've made it, okay? Absolutely. Um, well, the next section is sales in 60 seconds. So uh, <laughs> quick questions, quick answers. Okay. First question. <laughs> What should salespeople do before even attempting to get a meeting with a C-level executive or any executive? Again, preparation, get some provocative questions ready for that executive so that you can show them that you've done some homework on their organization. And, and what's a provocative question? What do you mean by that? 
Uh, well, you know, I, I have a list of like 60 or 70 different uh, provocative questions. One of them, here's a, here's a couple of examples. How would a customer describe the experience of doing business with you? Doing, how would they describe their experience of doing business with you? Uh, what will happen if you decide to delay the implementation of this key initiative for six months? What consequences will your company suffer um, if that happens? Um, you know, who will be affected by that schedule? What will be affected by that schedule? So trying to get them to look inside their business. Um, and again, you want to go into a, a meeting with an executive being prepared with some, you know, general ideas of the objectives that that executive has. What objectives is that executive trying to achieve? And how can you help them achieve that objective or those objectives? Yeah, my, my favorite question uh, that I always coach my reps at Badger to ask if they're <laughs> with an executive is, uh, uh, let's, let's calculate how much you how, or how much do you lose every month that you don't get this or, you know, and, and, and they have a little spreadsheet they can ask all, you know, all the places that you lose money um, by not having it. And then we can add it up. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's a very powerful question because it helps, it helps the person. A lot of times projects are, you know, an executive have has 20 projects they could do, you know, they're, they're kind of project to do list, right? And the question is, which yeah. ones are we going to do first? Which ones are the most painful? Yeah. Well, my boss told me I had to do, the CEO said I had to do this one. So I'm definitely doing that one. Um, but now, you know, the other 19, what am I, what are the three that are going to get done in the next four months? Well, oh, well, this, oh, if this is costing us that much, if we lose this much every month, well, I hate, hate leaving all that money on the table. We should deal, deal with it now. Right. Uh, makes it more of a need to have rather than a nice to have. Yeah. Um, how do you, how would you say in your experience that C-level executives like to work with salespeople? Well, I think that, you know, it's changed over the years because in terms of when executives got involved in the buying process, um, you know, it was pretty easy to figure out that they typically got involved very early to help, uh, you know, look at developing the strategy for the project. Uh, and then, you know, the, the implementation obviously would come at some point later. But senior executives are getting involved even earlier today. Um, they're looking at all the solutions that are out there uh, on the Internet before you even get to their door. It used to be that the salesperson was king. They had that knowledge of the product or the solution, the service that they were trying to implement within this client organization. Now, executives have that information on, on you before you even get to the door, before you even make that phone call. So they're looking you up on areas like LinkedIn and others. And, and that's another key thing. One thing that you're salespeople who are listening to this session today can do as soon as they get finished listening to it is to go out and check their LinkedIn profile. What does it look like? Because executives are looking you up just as you're trying to do the um, 
you know, the research on them, they're doing research on you. So what in your LinkedIn profile shows that executive the value that you can deliver to them? Take a look at my LinkedIn profile. You'll see right in the first couple of paragraphs, it tells executives what I can do to help them, okay? So that's what you've got to do to your LinkedIn profile. Make it the most professional you can because five years ago, there was a research project that was done that said that 63% of times, executives were using social media like LinkedIn to look at the kinds of decisions that were being made or that they were going to make uh, regarding a buying decision. So make sure that your LinkedIn profile is, is up to date and shows that executive the value you can deliver to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have someone's LinkedIn open during every meeting. If I haven't checked it out beforehand, I've, I'm, I'm popping it open during the meeting. Exactly, exactly. Um, would you say that there, is there a certain tone or, a, or an attitude that should be used during, during, uh, the sales process with an executive and meaning should a rep approach the executive and the, the interaction as an equal, should they be consultative? Should they be deferential? Well, I think it's a little, it's a little, all of the above <laughs> that you, Okay. Uh, the one thing I have found over the years is I have found that it's typically easier calling on senior level executives. Uh, they're more professional in their approach. Okay, sometimes lower level executives will try to implement tricks or uh, things to try to trick you or trip you up or things of that nature. Senior executives are very professional in their approach, okay? So if you act the same way towards them, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna be treated as an equal, okay? And when I say equal, it's not equal rank, okay? Again, executives are looking for the value you can deliver to them. And professional salespeople can deliver a lot of value to executives, and that's what they're looking for. So don't minimize that and don't downplay your role as you go in to meet with a senior level executive. And tell us about if there's going to be a major purchase or a major, major initiative, when does a senior executive get involved in the buying process around that initiative? Well, what our original research showed us, what they got involved early, like I said before, to help set the objectives uh, for the project, uh, what the strategy was going to be. But they tended to get, they get lower level executives get involved in the real decision making process in terms of the actual implementation of the project itself, in terms of you know, who the vendor was going to be, the vendor selection process, if you will. They got involved again in implementing that solution and in measuring the results. So they want to know the value that your solution delivered to them. So it's a free ticket to get another meeting with an executive after you've implemented a solution in the client organization. And don't miss that chance. 
because when you can communicate the value that you created and delivered to that executive, they'll look for you to the next project that comes along in their company. Or they may point to you for others in the organization to take a look at for solutions for similar types of projects or applications that are going on, other divisions or um, other areas of the company, um, or even telling their friends about you, okay? <laughs> so you wanna make sure that, you know, that implementation process goes well, and if there's multiple people involved in installing the project or application, in other words, if you're working with business partners, you want to make sure that you're the point person for that executive to come to. He doesn't or she doesn't want to go to three or four different people if there's a problem along the way in the implementation process. What executives told us was they want a single point of contact. They want somebody they can go to to not only hold responsible for, but to make sure that that implementation goes very smoothly. So you wanna be the point of contact for that executive to the extent. Uh, and you wanna make sure that you're there if there's problems, uh, bumps in the road. Uh, don't try to duck or hide, <laughs> okay? Be visible uh, and make sure that that executive knows that you're trying to help solve any problems that come up. And how have you seen this trending over time? How has senior executive involvement changed over the years? Well, they're getting involved earlier in that, in that buying process, as I said before. They're, they're looking things up on the internet and they're using the internet more than we are. Uh, and doing the research on you and your company and the different options for solutions so that they can, you know, have some information on what's the best solution to implement. Uh, so a lot of times they'll know a lot more about you and your competitors than, than you do. Uh, so that's why you've got to be armed with that level of preparation. You've got to have that industry knowledge. You've got to have that knowledge about them and their company and their competitors. Um, and you got to know a little bit about that executive himself so that you're uh, able to take advantage of all that information and use it in the meeting with the executive, showing them that you've been pre you prepared. Preparation, again, is, is absolutely the key. Uh, they're looking for you. If you have a meeting with an executive, you better be prepared. That's the bottom. And as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step to get started with selling better at the executive level? Well, the, the first thing that you can do right away, as I said before, is, is look at your LinkedIn profile and revise it. Um, I know it's going to need some revisions. Uh, I look at mine every 90 days to make sure it represents what I want to show the executive and I want the executive to see about me. And I don't know when the last time you looked at your profile is, but you know, make sure that it reflects the value you can deliver to the executive. That's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do is, you know, get active on, on social media. Um, you know, use the other tools out there that you can have act you have access to today that executives are using. You know, um, they're, like I said, 
they're looking you up just as you're looking them up. So make sure that you have the tools that you need to, to get to them and, and, and use those tools as effectively as you can. Well, I'm going to try to summarize the, the wisdom that you've given us here today um, in a couple minutes here. So first, the, the relevant executive is the executive that stands to gain the most or lose the most if your project doesn't go through. So, you know, that that's kind of as you're viewing the, the landscape, trying to figure out who to really engage with, try to figure out who stands to get the most out of the project or lose the mo most from the project not getting done. Salespeople need to be totally prepared to sell at the executive level. And that means knowing about the industry, the company, understanding who their competitors are, and knowing, knowing uh, meaningful information about the executive that you're calling on. When you encounter a gatekeeper, treat that gatekeeper as if they are the executive themselves. And see if they can give you any insights into the company, what's going on, um, what, see what you can learn from them. Because a lot of times that's a place where you can learn a lot and, and show value as well. Identify the right executive inside a company by gaining insights from, from other people that you're meeting within the, within the company. So look to be put in front of the executive who's really the decision maker and the person who stands to gain or lose the most by being introduced by other people who can point you in the right direction. You, you want to understand who's, who's made these types of decisions in the past, who's involved with making these decisions, what does it take to get a decision of this nature done. You want to work with the lower level executives within a company uh, to get to that meeting with the executive. And so those lower level meetings can be really important, whether, whether you are meeting with them before you meet with the actual executive who's the decision maker or whether the executive points you to them and redirects you to them to actually have the rubber meet the road. When you're, when you're in the executive meeting, you wanna introduce yourself, you wanna build credibility with the executive and you wanna make sure you, you ask the, the uh, when you're asking them for a meeting, you want to make sure you ask them how they'd like to meet because some executive uh, executives want to meet over the phone, some want to meet out to lunch, some want to meet, some want to meet you to come to their office, and so you really want to come come to their turf and, and do what they what they what they want. If an executive has asked you after a meeting to if they've redirected you to meet with a lower lower level director or manager or a lower level executive you want to really embrace that that can be a great sign uh, it's sometimes a bad sign too but it's often a really good sign you want to um, make sure that that you uh, get introduced to that executive that lower level uh, director you want to make sure the executive introduces you so that you, they know that the person where the, who's going to be running that project really knows where the, where this information is coming from and where the, the project is coming from, and and then you want to make sure you you ask the original executive if you can circle back up with them, um, you know, so so you can kind of touch base with them and keep them in the loop, and, and keep letting them know how you're providing value to the organization. Look to shorten sales cycles with an executive by being being really prepared, asking great questions, 
and positioning yourself as, as a trusted advisor. You want to consistently deliver value when you speak to executives so that they really uh, want to go to you for, for a solution uh, when they're looking for a solution in, in your space. You, the value that you provide can be a differentiator for, for you and your organization that you're, that you're trying to, to uh, that you're representing. Yep. This has been so great, Steve. Uh, where can listeners read more about your work? What's the best way for people to, to reach out to you and, and, and get in touch with you? Okay. Well, a couple of things. One, uh, you can go to my website, which is cellxl, like cellextralarge.com, cellxl.com. And by the way, if you go to the website, um, there's a little button on the homepage that will point you to a two minute video about the concept of the relevant executive. Uh, so take a look at that. And I think you'll get some, some better insights and, and, and some, some real good things that you can be doing to identify that, that relevant executive. Uh, I'm here in Atlanta. You can reach me at steveb at cellxl.com. steveb at cellxl. Com, uh, and you can pick up a copy of my book, Selling to the C-Suite. Lots of good things in there that you'll see uh, that actually the, the book was developed as a result of the uh, one-day workshop. So uh, take a look at it. A lot of the key, I, I, devo I devoted a whole chapter to the concept of the relevant executive, chapter four uh, in that book. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we'll get all that in the show notes. This has been a, a fantastic episode of the Outside Sales Talk. Steve, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Great to be with you, Steve. I loved it. And uh, for the folks that are that work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. The number one route planner helps you sell 20% more and drive 20% less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. If anyone can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from learning these skills, share the love and, and forward this episode on to them. Take care until next time, everybody. Thanks for staying.